Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to God's Hour of Truth. I'm your host, Apostle, Evangelist, uh, Prophet Edward Eberle, and I'd like to welcome everybody tonight, and here in the United States as well as around the world. I want to share something with you right here. I, my programs are generally, well, factor scheduled for every second Tuesday and the last Tuesday of every month. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be starting a series, and it'll go at least uh, another week or possibly two more weeks. So I'll be uh, on tonight, next Tuesday, same time, and the following Tuesday if it goes three weeks. And I just want to inform that of you. I don't do too many series, but the Lord directed me into doing this series. And anyhow, it'll take a few weeks to complete it. So I just wanted to tell you that it'll be consecutive because I don't like to do a, a part one and then do a part two a couple weeks later. I want to keep them consecutively uh, in the realm of uh, each week because it'll be till the series is over. And also something else that the Lord laid on my heart. He's been, I've had, uh, in fact, tonight when I went out, uh, out there, I was talking to my wife, and uh, I said, the Lord, give me some things. She said, oh, I thought you had the message already. I said, no. I said, I had the general thing ready, but I said he's making some final touches, some fine-tuning. So the Lord always does fine-tuning, and many times it's last minute. And sometimes he doesn't even tell you. He just brings it out. But this is something I have to announce. Uh, when I minister the word from now on in my program, the programs that I have here, I want you to be open to the Holy Spirit to receive whatever it is that you have need of. I be ministering about healing tonight, but maybe you have a need of finances. Maybe you have family problems. Maybe you have children or wife problems or, or whatever problems you might have. Maybe you are addicted to something, which this is also being set free and delivered health problems and well delivered. But uh, it could be something we're not even ministering about. But it's the Holy Spirit's presence. And what I pray about and what I consider every time, and I, and I need to say it to you all because you have to help me with this because it doesn't just work with me. I speak it to you, and you keep open for the Lord to minister to you whatever your need is, even though it might be a different subject or something else because it's not by power and might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord in Zechariah 4, 6. So from this night on, and I might even announce it every program, probably which I should, because there's different listeners each week. Some more come on, and uh, not everybody knows this. But we need to do that. So my programs from now on, I want you to consider the anointing. Uh, perhaps if there's something I'll say, it will give you the word. It will set you free, because John 8.32 says that you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. Maybe it be something I'm not even talking about. The Holy Spirit will take you into a place in your your mind, and he'll show you something, give you an answer to whatever your problem is, and I said nothing at all about it. But we give this program, and I give this, this program the Holy Spirit program for what he wants to do, not just what he has me to, to teach about, but what he wants to do. So I want you to keep open and expectant of the Holy Spirit ministering to you. You know, they healed uh, by Peter's shadow. People were healed by the, the shadow of Peter. Now, I know we're on the air. We're not... Uh, where you can see me or, or anybody, but yet it's still the, the word, the voice going through, so the anointing on the voice even or whatever. But anyhow, the anointing is here in this program. We're going to pray and ask God to anoint us. Uh, this program, anoint me, anoint your ears, that he can do his thing. Because God has a purpose for everybody listening tonight, and those will be listening in the future here in this program through the on-demand section. So we're going to ask 
the Lord to come in by the power of the Holy Spirit and sets you free and meets your need no matter what it is, from salvation, your soul being born again, to being delivered or set free or whatever it might be, provisions or whatever it is, okay? Are you ready? Let's go to prayer right now. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Father, I thank you for being able to teach in this program tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that how the last few minutes that you had showed me some things that I should incorporate tonight in this program. So I know you have purpose in it. You don't just tell me to do something in vain, but you have purpose. So, Father, I just ask that your anointing will be on this program tonight to set people free, heal them, set them free by your power. We're dealing with healing tonight, the words that you've given me to minister on. So we're dealing with healing, but whatever else it might be, Lord, I just I just ask that the anointing would be on this program. And, Lord, just let your anointing flow through these airways right here, right now into the homes. Anoint their ears, anoint their hearts, anoint their minds. And I take authority over all negative spirits. Spirits would try to hinder a flow of the Holy Spirit, and anything would try to, to hinder this or try to block it. I command you, Satan, out. I bind your workings, and I address you right now by the power of God in me and the authority that God has given me. I command you out of these airways and out of this program right now. Right now, you must leave. You have no place in it. You will not hinder these people or anybody listening to this program tonight. In Jesus' name, to the glory of God. And, Father, I just thank you now that you're going to give me the words to say. Use those words, Lord that you said that you sent forth your word, and it won't come back void. You said in Isaiah 55, 11, but it'll, it'll do the purpose that you sent it to do. So, Father, I thank that you are sending your word forth, and you are doing what you would do to those that are listening now and those that will be listening in the future. And for everything that's accomplished, give you all the glory and all the praise. For it's the name of Jesus we pray. And they said, amen and amen and amen. Okay, our series tonight is called God's Healing is for You. God's Healing is for You. So why is God's healing for you? Well, healing is a covenant promise of God to us. So if you're a child of God, his covenant promise to you is for healing. Now I want to read a couple of verses to you right here to help substantiate this. Third John verse uh, one two third John one Verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. He wants us to prosper in all ways, in health and every other way, as our soul, which is our mind and our thought processes. It prospers in God's word. He wants you and I to prosper in our lives in every way, physically, financially, in every way that there is in our life. Everything in our life uh, is incorporated in. He wants us to prosper in all those ways. And, you know, when we take his word and we apply it to our lives, we have to prosper because his word brings life, doesn't it? It's a light of the world. So when darkness is in our life and hindering us back, that light comes in and shines and opens us up, and we are set free. We're set free. So we will prosper that way. And he says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, he says, For the promises of God in him are yea, and in him are amen, unto the glory of God by us. Uh, yes, yea means yes. Amen means so be it. So, so be it. Whatever the promise says, so be it for you. Okay? 
Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. He didn't say part of the diseases or part of things, but he said forget not all his benefits, every single benefit. Forget them not. He said he forgives all your iniquities, the wrong that you do, everything, and heals all the diseases and the things that come against you. Now, Psalms 107.20 is kind of a collector of all things. I love this verse right here. I use it many times. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Anything that's coming against you to direct or destroy your life or your family, he sent his word to deliver you from that, whatever it is. So that covers everything. Everything is trying to destroy you that Satan sends your way. He sent his word to heal and deliver you from it. Okay? He sent his word to heal you and deliver you from it. So no weapon formed against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. You take authority over the forces of hell that would try to hurt you. And you simply believe that, and they cannot hurt you because they have to get through God. And they can't get through God. They're no match for God. That's why we have to stay in the word and speak that word and believe that word and then watch what God will do. Okay? Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes you are healed. Now, that was back in the Old Testament, okay? Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes you are healed. Now we go to 1 Peter 2, 24. That's in the New Testament. That's after the resurrection of Christ. That's after everything was completed uh, many years later. And he says, by my stripes you were healed. Now what's that mean, were healed? That means when Jesus paid the price for our, the salvation plan upon the cross, he died, he shed his blood, he died, buried, he arose, resurrection. When he resurrected from the grave, that sealed the promise right there. That sealed it when he resurrected. And he went to the Father and he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, on the seat. And his blood took care of everything. That blood, so that sealed the deal. That sealed the New Testament. That sealed all the promises, everything. So that is a salvation plan. In fact, the Bible says in Second Corinthians six, six two, behold, today is the day of salvation. Now, a lot of people use that verse for getting born again, and that's the main thing for Second Corinthians six two to be born again. Because if you're not born again, nothing else counts. Nothing else means anything because it's all for the born again believer. What we teach. It's for the born-again believer. First of all, we have to come to Jesus and be in his family before we reap any of the benefits, any protection in a home in heaven someday instead of going to hell. That is the most important thing. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you make him your Lord and Savior because uh, life is short. Jesus is coming soon, and we need to be ready. But when we say 2 Corinthians 6-2, the day the day of salvation, that simply means not only born again, but also for healing, for deliverance. Whatever his promises are to us, they begin today, today, today. Yeah, we're not putting it off to tomorrow, but he said today is the day of these things. He said faith is now. Faith is now. Faith in my word now, and it activates heaven into bringing forth what you're standing for. Now, not everything manifests right away. Now, we get saved right away, but as far as healing, sometimes... Uh, it, it's maybe a short time afterwards. Sometimes it's 
instantaneous. I've seen many miracles instantaneous, but then there's some that, that you pray, and then it happens maybe hours or a day or two later. I've seen blind eyes open uh, hours later, uh, prayed for. And I've, I've seen miracles like that happen later, then some instantaneously. Some after they went to the doctors, it was confirmed, whatever it might be. But the thing about it is you have to remember that it begins when you release your faith to God for whatever it is and claim his word and you maintain it. In fact, he says in, in uh, Mark eleven twenty four. Things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. He didn't say when they'll manifest, but as you hold fast to that claim it and believe it, it's not going to be long. You you receive it by faith. That's faith to receive. You have you have a faith to receive something. You're using faith in receiving it, saying now I have it, and then after you do something like that, and you do that, you declare it. When you do that, when you receive it by faith, then you declare, I do have it, and I thank you, Lord, and you just continue thanking him for it. And the devil many times might come against you and say, oh, you don't have it. Look, you feel bad yet. It looks bad. Circumstances haven't changed. But you see, that's where the testing period is. That's where the devil tries to steal your healing from you. Because you maintain that, that you have it from the time you release your faith and you claim that and declare and say, I got it. No devil in hell can stop you as you hold fast to that. He knows he can't stop you. That's why he tries to tempt you and bring little things against you to try to get you off the, the mark, you see. Okay. Now, sickness and disease, uh, healing, uh, it's a major subject. It really is. There's many faucets to it, and that's why, what I'm going to be talking about here. There's many things to it. You've heard pretty much what I've said thus far. You know, a lot of you know these things, at least some of these things. But, you know, there's a thing called divine health, that you walk in divine health. There's a thing called healing, and yet they're all incorporated into some things that we have to do. You see, a lot of times people think, well, it's just as simple as I just say, Lord, take care of it. It's like saying, Lord, help me to lose weight. <laughs> and then you go into a place and you eat all kinds of sweets and overeat and eat every hour of the day. Lord, I'm believing you that I'll lose weight. Now, you see, you're, you're working against what you're praying for. We have to live our lives that will cooperate what we're believing for, you know. We don't, we don't say, Lord, bless this, uh, this sugary uh, cake, you know, if it's loaded with sugar and everything, and, Lord, take the sugar out, out of it, take uh, all the calories out of it. I can eat as much as I want, and it's not going to hurt me, you know. That's almost like getting up on top of a 50-foot building and saying, now, Lord, you said that you will protect me. Nothing's going to hurt me. You will protect me, you know, and jump off there and say, Lord, you give me protection. Remember the devil tried to do that with uh, Jesus. He said, doesn't it say his angels will give give them charge over thee? In other words, you jump and God will send his angels to catch you and keep you, and you're not going to hurt yourself. And what did Jesus say? He said, you won't tempt the Lord thy God. So, you see, we have to recognize this thing that you and I have to do that will cooperate and go along with what we're believing for. And you'll understand that a little bit better as we go along. Causes of sickness. Well, first of all, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, knowledge of the promises of God, what the Word of God says about healing, and it's for them. That's, that's one of the things, but it goes beyond that. The Lord had spoke to me Several years ago about this, I, I have it here in the ministry, Miracle Ministry. I've done this for a num- good number of years. Uh, this is a great part of my ministry. But what happens is he pointed out to me that you have 
that to your part in that divine health, part in divine health. And you have to do your part. In other words, it's a two-way street. It's a covenant thing. So lack of knowledge of how to rest as you should, lack of wisdom and knowledge to not overdo yourself, lack of wisdom and knowledge to not eat the wrong things and do it at the wrong time, uh, not to overdo yourself. There's a lot of things, and I'm going to individualize them here, but this is the, the line that I'm dealing with right now. So direct attack of Satan. Well, that's another thing that, that causes sickness. Remember the woman that, that was bent over for 18 years? That was Satan's direct attack on her. She was stooped over. That was a direct attack by Satan. So that's another thing that has to be dealt with. You have to cast him out of that. Now, that's something that she didn't really have any part in, except she should, uh, being a daughter of Abraham, as uh, Jesus said, she had no right to put up with that because she had the covenant of Abraham that she could be free from that. But she walked in that for 18 years. She was bent over. Okay? Next thing is stress. Stress causes sickness, disease. If you are stressful, that will cause problems in your body. You see, a lot of these emotions will cause problems with your heart, your blood pressure, perhaps diabetes, or anything like that, you see, because many people think, well, the Bible says I'm not to be stressful, I'm not to worry, I'm not to this, I'm not to that. But, you know, that brings forth chemicals and things that come in your body that cause problems, you see, negative things that will come in there, maybe some acids that will eat your stomach line, like for, for your stomach having problems when you worry or fearful. It brings forth some liquid in there, and I, I don't know how these things completely work, but I do know it will bring forth some juices in there that will cause your stomach line to eat up and you get ulcers or something like that, you see. So these mental attitudes and thoughts and things that God tells in his word, not only for our spirit and to be at peace, but also to protect our bodies. Okay, a negative attitude, negative attitude. When you have a negative attitude, that's, that's going the wrong way also. That has an effect on your body. Uh, worry and fear, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, worry and fear. And, of course, as we said, stress a while ago, when you allow fear and worry in your life, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but he gave you power, love, and a sound mind. You replace fear and worry with faith. He gives you faith, and he gave you the promises to have faith in those promises, and that, that way you won't worry. Remember, about 365 times, I believe it is, in the Bible, I never counted it, but they said, Jesus said, fear not. Why do you think he said that so many times and, and that many times? Well, it's 365 days in a year, so a lot of that would suit, wouldn't it? That makes sense because we're to fear and worry never. In fact, you know, it's a, it's a sin to not have faith. What is not a faith is a sin, the Bible says. So if you're worried about something, you are saying, God, I don't believe you, but I believe what I'm feeling, what the devil has said to me and what he's whispering to me. I'm believing that, you see. I'm believing that. I'm not believing what you tell me a word. You don't lie, God, but I, oh, I feel this, and, and I'm hearing this, and it looks like this, so i got to go by what I see. I, I can't trust this word, you see. Then it's replaced with fear, you see. So that's actually what we're saying to God. He's he, he literally bankrupted heaven for us, giving us all these promises. When we allow fear and worry to come into our lives, what Jesus paid for in that cross, as far as you're concerned, for your benefit, it meant nothing, you see. That's a slap in the face, really. It's like uh, him preparing the table before us, which he did. And then you and I refusing to eat. 
I mean, even in the world, uh, if a person, a lady prepares a meal and there's 20 people supposed to come and one doesn't come or two, uh, they actually kind of slapped her in the face about it. They just didn't bother showing up. She made preparations for them, and they didn't uh, do it. She wasted her time with that. Now, Jesus doesn't say he wasted her time. It's time because for the simple reason many people have come to Jesus Christ. Many are in the kingdom. But as far as you're concerned, we're bringing this down to an individual level. That's why I always like to do in anything I'm teaching or preaching. It's an individual level. I'm not talking about the masses. I'm talking about you as an individual. I'm talking about me as an individual. You have to read and take the word of God to you personally. Forget about your husband, your wife, your children, or whoever it might be. You apply that word to you. You correct you. Don't say, well, hey, my wife needs this, or my husband needs this, or my child needs this, or my pastor should be doing this. No, you apply the light to yourself. So you, when you're pointing a finger out, you ever hear the old saying, when you're pointing your finger out at somebody, there's four fingers that are coming back at you? That's true. So we have to apply that word to ourselves. And if we do that, we're going to be straight, you say. Okay? Diet. Poor diet. I knew a, a evangelist, well, pastor he was, years ago, uh, I preached at his church. I held a meeting for him. And uh, anyhow, we went out to eat after the meeting, which isn't a smart thing to do in the evening. But we went out and we had a meal. And he told me, he said, you know, I go out and I eat like this all the time. And he said, the Lord told me. He said that I'm living by mercy and grace doing this. And he said, if I don't correct this, he said, I'm going to die. God told me I'm going to die if I don't correct myself the way I'm eating and taking care of myself. And he did correct himself and he lived. He made the correction, but you see, uh, not dieting properly, doing the wrong things, you know, and God carries us many times by grace and mercy. Even though we do wrong in spite of our doing wrong, he doesn't allow it to destroy us, but yet he tells us about it, and then there's a time that if we don't obey that, then we suffer the consequences. He warns us. He doesn't want anything to happen to us, but uh, if we don't pay any attention to him and don't listen to him, he can't do any more about it. We just have to reap what we sowed. Overweight. We need to control our weight. We need to control our weight. And uh, that's our eating and everything there. And I know you've heard these things, and these aren't the most pleasant things to to hear. I know this doesn't exactly turn you on what I'm saying tonight, but I'm going to tell it like it really is because I've worked these things. I do these things. I know what what they bring forth. This isn't just a lot of words or fill-ins. I mean, these are things we need to hear. And unfortunately, most Christians don't want to hear the things they need to hear. They want the benefits and the blessing, but they don't want to hear what they need to do in order to get to that place. Okay? Lack of rest. Well, we need to get a rest. That's common sense. Exercise. Exercise yourself. You need to walk. You need to do exercise. I didn't say you have to go up to the gym and work out, but exercise, even simple things, keep yourself active, you see. Keep yourself active. Do for long walks and things like that. Uh, anything to, to keep your body going, because you know personally your body what it is and what it takes to maintain weight and to feel good in your body. You know what you have to do, and it's up to you to do it. We're all different. We all have different ways that we exercise. But do what you know you need to do, and the Lord will show you, and you'll you'll have that peace with him because it's like a tailor-made suit. You have tailor-made ways that you do things in your time and the way you do them, you see, but nevertheless you need to do them. And negative words. Death and life are the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. And we can speak negative word of sickness, disease, 
oh, I'm going to get the flu, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that, my arthritis, my cold, my this, my diabetes, my... I heard people say that, and many Christians say that, and don't give ownership to what comes from the devil. I don't want to own anything the devil tries to give to me because it doesn't belong to me and I don't receive it. Anything I want to own and receive is what God has for me, his promises. Amen? So you need to watch your words because I'm telling you we all have that problem. I know that's been a problem with me that I had to work with. I mean, we all do. Uh, If anything gets us in trouble, it's that little thing in our mouth. Amen? James speaks a lot about how powerful it is and how small it is, but yet what a difference it makes. Okay, harboring bad feelings. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. Right here, years ago, this happened. A couple uh, at the church we went to, uh, the woman was sick, and her husband wanted me to come down there to pray for her. So I went down, talked to him and everything, but I never got to pray for her. We got to talk, and the Lord just led the conversation. That was kind of like a mediator there, right? And they were talking back and forth, and in that talking, the Holy Ghost was directing all this. And lo and behold, that woman looked like death when I went in there. She looked like she should be in the coffin. I mean, she looked as terrible as any woman I've ever seen. But, you know, after they talked these things out, they made reconciliation with one another. They had a difference. I forget exactly what it was, but they had a problem between them. And, I mean, she glowed up. She glowed up like Moses. She, her face glued, glowed, and she was just a man. It was such a transition, I almost fell out of my chair. I mean, it was just such a transition. And, you know, I didn't have to pray for her. I know what they need to pray for because the problem was she had a problem. He had a problem, you see. They had a problem between them. Okay, she called me the next day and that night, and she said, you know, she said, I did twice the work that I've ever done today from what happened last night. She testified that she received stress. Uh, her joy was back. Uh, the glow was there. Sickness was gone. So sometimes it's not prayer that is needed. We have differences sometimes with those around us, maybe harboring unforgiveness or a negative thing that's not getting along, and we're harboring something. And, hey, that can bring you down quick. That bring you down quick. So we have to get unforgiveness out of our lives, all sin out of our lives, and a pure heart. And no odds against people, no gossiping and things like that is so permissive in a lot of churches. It's so frequent and it's just like, where do you go to see a church that isn't doing this a lot of times? And you know that as well as I do. But when you do this, that hinders the move of God. John uh, 9.31 says, if I even, uh, well, God hears not the prayer of sinners, but he that worshiped him, I hear what he says. God, God heals us. God doesn't hear the prayer of a sinner, but he that worships him and does his will. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if I have bad attitudes, bad feelings, and unforgiveness, and gossiping, and I'm trying to bash my fellow man one way or another, if it's my, my wife, my husband, or my employer, or my child, my neighbor, whatever it is, if I have that in mind, Hey, your prayers aren't going anywhere. They aren't going to go any further than the ceiling. If the husband and wife is battling, forget it. It's not going to work. You see, there's too many people that are praying and saying things, but their heart's not right. And they say, why didn't this happen? Hey, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord doesn't hear me. He says, get it out. Get it out, doesn't he? Okay. 
abusing your body or overextending yourself, okay? Well, in the uh, New Testament, there's a man called Ephrodotus, Ephrodotus, that worked with Paul. He did great things. He overextended himself, and he nearly died. And he was doing it for a good cause, but yet he almost died, but God spared him. And Paul said, I thank God that he spared him. What he has done, he's done so much. So you can overdo yourself in the ministry. You can overdo yourself at home, at your job. You can overdo it. We can overeat. We can overpleasure. We can overwork. We can over anything, you see. We can overdo things. Moderation must be part of our lives. We must have a balance in our lives for things to work right because if we balance the way we eat, what we eat, and what we do and sleep and how we do things, we're going to have a healthier body. But these are things that you and I have to cooperate with God about, you see. Now, this, is, this is the part that, <coughs> excuse me, it's a thing people don't want to hear, but a lot of these things are just common sense things uh, that we talk about. But we have to incorporate these things because God had showed me and told me this is part of it. We have a part in the divine health because he stopped me pretty quickly because with the ministry that I have and what I do, he pointed out, hey, it's not just praying and talking to me. You've got some things to do, son. And that's what a lot of Christians miss a lot of times. There's things that they're required to do, but they skip and skim over them. They don't want to hear it or bother with it. God do this, God do that. I claim your word, Lord. But notice, we have to cooperate ourselves, see. So it's obedience. This obedience to what we're to do gets us in trouble, too. And that's, that was the other last thing that I have right here to mark to give you is disobedience. So don't be disobedient. And the Lord knows what you have need of. So be close to the Holy Spirit. Hear the Holy Spirit. He'll warn you and he'll tell you these things. In other words, you don't have to figure anything out. Use common sense and what you need to go beyond that. The Holy Spirit, if you're sent to him, he'll show you what to do or what not to do. We need to be led of the Spirit. The sons and daughters of God are led of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads the children of God. And we need led that we know what to do. We'll do the wrong thing, won't we? Right? Okay. Let's get into another thing right here. There's different ways of healing. And uh, I'm going to explain them a little bit to you. First of all, speak the word. Okay? When you speak the word, what happens is that word will get the job done. Let me give you a slide, a couple of examples. One was I was holding a, well, I wasn't even holding a meeting there. I was at a, a uh, meeting at uh, a man had there at a, a arena-type situation. Uh, it wasn't as big as an arena, but it was a good-sized place. And he asked people to have a few words. They'd like the minister, ministers to come up and just say a few words, scriptures, or what have you. So I got up there and I started ministering healing. Just said a few things. Now, there's a fellow that was there who was taking the tickets. He was there. He had a, his arm in a cast. And, uh, when we went in, we uh, gave the tickets to him, and then we were seated. So this fellow came over when I when I uh, just about done, in fact, was finished speaking, and he came over, and he, he took his cast off. He threw it in the ground, and he testified. He said, you know, he said, I didn't pray for this man. I just speak in the word. And uh, when he threw that down, he said, you know, he said, you were speaking God's word and God's healed me. He set me free. I believed that. I accepted it, and I'm healed. And he made whole. He just threw the cast. The whole uh, thing was, it was in his arm that day down. But that word had healed him, you know. And uh, I've done 
this several times. I've had this happen different times, though, and speaking the word. I mean, it, it happens, speaking the word, just declaring. It wasn't like you're praying for somebody. You're just declaring a certain thing. Uh, people healed, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just saying something, a word, you see. So it's in that word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What does the tongue speak? Words. So those words bring life, healing, deliverance. So those words bring sickness, disease, and poverty and lack. Whatever you speak and you believe in your heart, that's what it's going to bring. And it works in the negative and it works in the positive. So we have to be careful what we say. Next thing, laying on the hands. Well, uh, one I like to use for this is a lot of times is uh, this uh, blind man. A man had... Uh, a blind eye, and he came forward at a, he was, uh, oh, I kind of forget what the meeting was of the church we went to at that time. I was holding a service that week. And uh, anyhow, he came forward, and it was very simple. It wasn't everybody excited, jumping, falling out in the spirit. It wasn't that at all. He came up and just laid my hand on him, prayed. He got up, walked back. Nothing said, there wasn't any excitement. No one said, wow, look what happened. No, but we simply believed. He went back and uh, had a call from the pastor of the church. He told me, he said, you know so-and-so? I said, yeah. He said, well, you prayed for him. And that was maybe, we'll say, six, seven hours before. He said, when he got out of his bed, he went home and ate and went to bed. When he got out of bed, he could see how that eye was blind, but he could see. It wasn't a big emotional jive. It wasn't a uh, catechismical thing. You see, a lot of people are, are jacked up on a lot of wild things going on. They think it happens there, but no. I've seen some of the most powerful things happen, and people didn't go wild. It's when you release that faith, that's where the power is. The power is in your shout. The power is in that word. And those times that we shout and go on, and I do that, believe me. But God can do it without our, our help, you see. All he wants to have is a little faith coming in that. And if we use a little bit of faith, it's going to happen, you see. In fact, faith is the size of a grain of a mustard seed, right? Okay? So that's just one little example. Now, anointing with oil. Uh, another time we were, I was in this church, and a uh, pastor from a church said, hey, my, my husband's in the hospital. He'd been a pastor of a denomination for 25 years, and she said, I'd like to have... Uh, a pastor from the so-and-so church, I won't mention the name, come out and pray for my husband. <laughs> well, my friend and I went out there and, of course, uh, to pray for him. We prayed for him. God miraculously healed him instantaneously in his uh, uh, hospital bed. Now, after we left, you know, we anointed him with oil because he wanted elders to come. We anointed him with oil and everything. This way, what it says here, you know, they called for the elders. His wife called for the elders for him to come. So we went out there, and when, when the anointed with oil and prayed, God instantly healed him. And when we left, I'll never forget, we kind of laughed to one another. We said, well, we're not from this denomination, but the Lord took care of us. And that was what he did. He honored his word. He said, anoint with oil. And I was an elder, minister, elder, and, of course, he was too. And we went out and did that, and that was it. Okay? Prayer cloth. Now, I never use a prayer cloth unless I can't get to the people personally. And I've used that when I was pastoring. I've used that when I was not pastoring. And one particular time it sticks in my mind, I, I've seen cancer heal from prayer cloths that were sent out. I've seen all this happen. But the thing I'm going to mention to you about is uh, uh, when I worked in a machine shop many years ago, uh, a uh, 
man that worked there, he said his baby had been sick, and they had him the doctor, they had everything they could do, and they just couldn't touch it. And that baby cried all the time. He was in horrible, must have been horrible pain. And he asked me to pray for him. Well, what I did, I was wearing my old shirt, you know, and I said, a machine shop, and I was going to wear anything too great. And I got a pair of scissors, and I cut out a hunk of cloth. I prayed over that hunk of cloth, and it was clean. It wasn't something greasy that the little baby was going to have. But I gave that to him after I prayed over it. He took that home, and I had him, I gave him instructions what to do. And to make a long story short, when he came in the next day, he said the baby had stopped, the baby's healed, he's well. And I said, praise God. And that was that was a, a special thing. I've never forgotten that because that was so special, a little baby. They, they took the doctors and, and just been going to doctors a lot. They just couldn't seem to crack it, but the Holy Ghost took care of it. Amen? And that, that's, that's a, a clause. So prayer clause work or is an anointing. That's carrying the anointing, you see, whether uh, you're there or not. Paul used them in Acts 19, 11, and 12. That's a scripture that backs up using prayer clause. Okay, believe and receive, Mark 11, 24. Uh, that's, that's the one that a lot of times we use personally for ourselves. I use that myself in many things. The things you desire when you pray, believe it, you receive them, you have them. In other words, I call myself, I bind, first of all, I bind the forces of hell, of demonic activity, and I command Satan out. And when I do that, then I just say, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes that I'm healed, this thing is going, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus. And I declare it right at that time, I've got it. And then I refuse to think about uh, any more having it because, hey, I don't have it. I'm healed no matter what my symptoms are. I can still have symptoms in my body, but, hey, I'm healed. You're a lying symptom because the Word of God says you must leave. So I'm healed by Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ's stripes. And you see, the only thing you have to make sure of is your heart is clean, is pure. And then after you find out your heart is pure by examination through the Holy Ghost, then when you pray that prayer and bind the forces and command hell out of it, command hell out of it and all the imps and demonic activity, any curses, anything that could be there, you have to free that many times. And when you get rid of that, hey, you're right. Everything's right. So then it's just a matter of receiving what the Bible says. You with a pure heart, also Satan out of it. It happens. Does it always manifest right away? No. Sometimes, yes. But sometimes, no. But the thing is, whether it manifests right away or it doesn't manifest right away, it happened in heaven when you released your faith. Remember in Daniel when he prayed, and remember it took 21 days, 21-day prayer? Well, it didn't happen right away. It was 21 days, right? And there was forces in, in, uh, in the heavenlies that were holding up his prayer from being answered. But that's a good example for you and I. There can be forces there hindering this thing, whatever it might be, but if you and I stand fast, believing that, thanking God for it, and declaring it, I'm healed, I'm well, I think about Jesus' strikes, I'm healed, that's what brings the thing to pass because that's what destroys hell itself because the devil is no match for the angels of heaven and the power of God. But you and I have to cooperate with that in order for this thing to work, and it will work if we hold fast to what our profession is. In fact, uh, the Bible says in James 1.4, uh, when something doesn't happen right away, it says, let patience have a perfect work and you'll lack nothing. In other words, if, if after we apply our faith, if we don't see it right away, as we stand fast with our confession, with our belief and everything, with a pure heart, uh, he says, if you're patient about that and you believe that, 
There's nothing that you will lack from God. You'll get everything from God. That's a pretty big word, isn't it? You will get everything that God has for you if you have patience with that. And then I have a little thing that I add to it sometimes. I might add to the word. But when I come to the place that I've, I've had patience and I stand patient, I just put it in the other gear, and that's called just plain trust. I just trust because I know what's happening. And when you do that, you're prepared for the long haul. So you see, patience will go a distance. And then after patience, hey, I just simply trust it's happening. It's done. And you have to have that kind of an attitude, a mentality towards it. If you don't, you won't receive it. That's how the devil steals some people. That's why so many people lose out on things. It's simply because when he tempts them that way, he steals it from them. And I've had things stolen from me, and I know you all have. We all have had things. But now that we know better, we shouldn't leave the devil do it anymore. Amen? Okay, the gifts of healing. Okay, the gifts of healing in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Okay, the gifts of healing can be are this way. When somebody is operating the gifts of healing, uh, some people have really faith that uh, the people with cancer will be healed. Some people have great faith with heart problems. Some people have great faith with diabetes or whatever. Some people have a special anointing for certain things, you see. That's gifts of healing, G-I-F-T-S, plural, different gifts. And sometimes what will happen when we, we operate that way, uh, it would be a, like a mass healing too sometimes, a mass healing uh, that, uh, you know, just sweep across the audience. God will just do a, a mass thing and everybody be healed, period. In other words, it's just a sweep of God. If he can do that, you know, he's sovereign. And if he says, hey, I'm going to across the whole audience, I'm going to heal everybody, and that's happened. But uh, these are just different ways that see that it happens. But really, so far, what I've said, Mark 11, 24, is usually the best way to receive your healing because using your faith, you doing it, is going to enable you to, when the enemy tries to steal it from you, and he does try to steal it from time to time, you're not going to lose it. But if it's just given to you and you had no faith at all, when the enemy tries to steal it, Many people, if they don't know enough, it gets stolen from them, you see. So you need to learn that, uh, that when you do receive your healing, it can't come back in the sense of the Word of God because there's a scripture in Nahum 1.9 that says, this affliction will not return for a second time. So what it is, when you're healed and then the symptoms appear to come back on you, that's what you call a lying spirit. And that devil has no right to come back in the name of Jesus. You need to just send him off in the name of Jesus. I don't receive this. You have no right. You can't come back. You lying spirit, I command you out in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you out. I don't receive you. By Jesus' name, I'm healed. I stay healed in Jesus' name. That's the way you deal with things like that. You deal with an attitude. You have to have an attitude against the devil and be tough with him. That's what you have to be. That's what we're called to do. We're not to be whamby-pamby about it. Just take that authority. You have to use that authority. That's not an option. That is a fact that we have to do that. Okay, prayer of agreement. Well, uh, Matthew eighteen nineteen says, If two will agree together, any two, according to my word, it will be given to them. And I've had this with many people. We've agreed. I've seen people get a home and just we come together in agreement. I've seen people get things that people agree with me. I've, I've seen a lot of things happen. That's a commonplace thing. You agree about a certain subject. Now, I want, I want to say something to you. When you are in agreement with somebody, like say somebody is uh, needs surgery, they have a 
some kind of a problem in their body that needs surgery. Now, when they say, I want you to be in agreement with me about my healing, you need to ask, what are we agreeing about? Because remember, they're agreeing that uh, God's going to give the doctor the the skill and direct him what to do and just take that scalpel and just that operation, that surgery, and it's going to make it right. In other words, he's going to he's going to be God in that night and he's going to take care of him. Remember, their faith is in the Lord God and the doctor, and there's nothing wrong with that uh, or, and other things like that. But remember, you're agreeing that, hey, you're not going to have surgery. I'm agreeing that you're healed and you don't need that surgery. So you need to be in agreement with what that person was in agreement for. Whatever they're believing for, you need to be in total agreement. In other words, what are we agreeing for? We're agreeing that you're going to have surgery and the doctor's going to be guided by the Holy Spirit and it's going to be a successful operation and everything like that. Or we're agreeing that you're not going to have surgery. How am I to agree about it? See? What am I to do, you say? Because God is specific. He's specific in what you're believing for because just like when you're going to rest and if you order chicken, you don't want a steak. If you want steak and you get chicken, you don't want the chicken, you want the steak. And <laughs> it's that simple. It's really that simple. In other words, you must be in agreement together. So make sure you're in agreement with that person that you're agreeing with. That way you both can apply faith. And then Matthew 18, 19 works. The two of you agree together. Okay? So know what you're agreeing about. That's where a lot of people make a mistake. The ones agree no surgery, the others agree for the doctor in surgery, and they're not really in agreement. Okay? The next thing is standing proxy. We use that all the time, many times. And uh, that was, remember, uh, the story of that. Remember, the centurion uh, came to Jesus. He said, I need you to pray for my, my man there. One of my men there is a centurion. He said, uh, he is sick. He's at home. And Jesus said, well, listen, I'll come to your house. He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm not worthy if you come to my house, and all you do is say the word, and he is healed. So that centurion, the boss, will say, was standing for one of his men for his man's healing. So he was in proxy. He was so Jesus used him as an instrument through him that his uh, servant would be healed. You say, and that's what it is. It's just like in a church service, uh, people can go up forward, and somebody might come up and say, "Listen, I'm I'm here for my." sister she has whatever it might be and she's standing in proxy and you can pray that prayer and that's effective also many times it does it see it work and, and that's just another way of prayer so when you see people going up there for somebody else they're standing in for somebody that's just like a person standing up there themselves okay confess unforgiveness and sin well I gave a testimony which is really powerful of the lady and her husband I had it happen with a, a pastor. In fact, he was my pastor at the time. We had a problem, he and I, and I went into him about the problem that he and I had, and we got that resolved. But there, he had a problem, too. Uh, he cared for 25 years about an attitude, and he was telling me about that. And uh, we prayed together, and the Lord healed him instantly in his office because he had that, that attitude towards somebody. He, he carried that uh, in his body. For 25 years, it'll be if my memory serves me right. And he spoke it out, got rid of it. And when he did, he told me, he said, hey, it's gone. So, you see, we many things don't require prayer all the time. Many things are attitudes that you and I carry, thoughts that we have, and not keeping our hearts pure before God. 
And you know today, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going off into left field, I'm keeping in line, that the two things today that God has spoke to me, and now I add another one to it, because the Lord has, has showed me that he's added to it, the Lord's added to it, has been, first of all, holiness. Holiness is a must. That's the most important thing. Then empowerment, empowerment, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Then the mighty baptism of fire, which God is doing. Because when we have those together right there, he baptizes with fire. That's a baptism of the Spirit. And it's a, it's a higher level, you see, because our holy living, in the time that we're living, God has increased everything to a greater thing. This is a greater day. This is a greater time that Jesus spoke of, the, the second latter rain. It's the greatest time. And things are happening now and going to happen, and they're already happening, but not to the degree it's going to happen. None of us have ever experienced before. The Bible tells us the back at one five of Scripture was given to me many years ago, a number of years ago, from a head elder of a major minister, and I was ministering there. I was teaching and he came up to me like a little child. And that scripture he gave to me personally, and I know it's not only for me, but for many others I've given it to, shared it with. And it speaks about if you, if I would tell you what I'm going to do in the future with the heathen and what I was going to go, he said, you wouldn't believe me. That's in essence what he said. For what I'm doing in the future, really in this time, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And things are going to happen that none of us can even imagine. In fact, the Lord spoke to me, and I've seen a lot of miracles, major, major miracles. I've seen buildings shake. I've seen God stop heart attacks, all this. People come out of coma. I've seen things. I've seen a lot of things. But you know what the Lord told me? He told me through a prophet. I, I used to say this at the pulpit. Then one day I was walking in a meeting with my wife at another place, and this prophet came up to me. He didn't speak. He just came up to me and said, the Lord told me to tell you this. You haven't seen nothing yet. That's exactly what he said to me. And that is the truth. I believe that. I don't believe anybody has seen anything yet that what God is going to do. And always, and believe me, judgment is going to fall upon the evildoers. We're going to see that, too, according to Psalms 91.8. But then the good things are falling upon us to transfer the wealth of the wicked uh, to us and everything. So we have good times ahead, folks. We really have good times ahead. So the main thing, and like I say, I was on the confessing unforgiveness sin Center of Unforgiveness and everything, and I shared the testimony about the lady and her husband and the pastor. We have to have a pure heart. That's what it boils down to, a pure heart. A pure heart and then the empowerment of God, daring to believe God. When we have all that going for us, that's really what it's all about. Because when you have that going, the fire will be there, and you're going to grow in that. You will grow in that very thing as you escalate yourself in life. And, uh, that's where God is leading me personally. I know many other people are the same way. Now, I have another thing I, I want to say on this, this particular line, because I'm just about done for the evening here with this, because I'm going to break it down so leave some other things, but I don't want to give up too many things in one night. But a special act of God, I, I do want to be on that a little bit. Uh, back a number of years ago, I was holding a, uh, in a church service. I was doing a prayer meeting night. It was on a Wednesday night, I believe it was. And the uh, pastor wanted me to do, and I was helping the pastor in that church. I was a minister, but I had a church that I went to also. And uh, they wanted me to do the uh, the prayer service. So the people come in, and I used Acts chapter 4, verse 29 through 31. I'm not going to go to it now, 
that speaks about the, the people together and it speaks about the building shaking and everything happening. Well, I, I was only on, on that in that, I guess, maybe about 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the building started vibrating and shaking, and I said, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I to do? I didn't know what to do. I said, what? You know, <laughs> and anyhow, the Lord told me to keep going under this anointing and minister. In other words, son, keep going. Don't stop this. Keep going. So I did. And anyhow, to make a long story short, we had a man called to the ministry that day. The lady's preached with the surgery the next day. God healed her. She didn't have to have the surgery. Uh, other people were healed, delivered. <laughs> I can't even think of what all. And then there was a thing that happened that uh, had never happened since that time. But the Lord said, I want you to have the people go outside and those that have car problems to open the hood up. And I want you to go out and pray for the cars. <laughs> and I never did that before, right? In a service, you know, say, hey, let's go outside here. So we went outside. So they opened up their hoods, prayed for the cars. And do you know, uh, on Sunday, went back to church, you know, four days uh, uh, after the service. And when I went back to church, they were giving me testimonies of how their cars were, were healed and running. And God does heal cars. I've seen this happen many times that individual things would talk and pray and things like that, but never in a corporate thing of a church thing and church service that, that you're conducting that you take people outside to do that. But uh, it gave testimony of it. And, you know, the thing about it is uh, with God, he cares about everything that we care about, whether it's your pet, your car, what it might be. You see, a lot of people don't realize that because I, I, I've seen many pets. I could give a lot of testimonies there, and I'm not going to do that. But I've seen God stop heart attacks instantaneously, and God raised up dogs that had, well, one in particular, the blood was coming out of its nose, its ears, its mouth, and it looked like a hopeless case. I'll just tell this one yet, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop at that. But uh, he was laying out in front of our, uh, our home. We just got back from prayer meeting that night. Now, that was three years from the day that we lost our poodle was hit by a car. That was three years to day, April 30th. And uh, anyhow, to make a long story short, I said, well, let's take the dog to the vets. And, of course, the owner's son was there, and he was kind of hesitant about it because he was about ready to bury the dog. But anyhow, it came to the point that agreement was made that we'd go to the vets. So we put him in the car. And I started praying. And, you know, every... I don't know if it was every block I used to say it wasn't very far. Every few hundred feet as I was praying, that dog started getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So we got to the vets, and I was about the point of saying, forget the vets, let's go home. But anyhow, we, we took the uh, uh, dog into the vets. And to make a long story short, the vets said, well, you know, he has a 50-50 chance. We're just leaving here overnight. We're going to minister to him. Well, I said, okay, that'd be fine, because the man said, yes, that'd be fine to do that. So to make a long story short again, we went home, went to bed and everything, my wife and I, and got up that morning and you know, did some work around the house that day, and it was just, I guess, early afternoon. We looked out, and here the man that lived in back of it, that the son was there, you know, with us about giving permission to uh, take the dog to the vet. Uh, their truck came back there, and I looked at it back there. We were looking back. And that dog, he was a big-sized dog. When he'd stand up, he'd probably be about equal to my height with his paws. He could always put his head on my shoulders. Maybe not quite that big, but a good-sized dog. I forget the breed that he was. 
and he was jumping around and so glad to see his master and the family back there. I mean, you wouldn't have think a thing happened. Now, I'm talking about an 18-hour time, I guess 16, 18 hours later. From the time he looked like a dog, he just say, well, start digging the hole. But God did a miracle there, a great miracle. So there's special things God does. Uh, there's a lot of great things he does in this. Uh, these don't happen every day, but I'll tell you what, in this hour we're facing, we're going to see more and more of them, you know? Now, one more, and we're going to stop there. Why aren't people healed? Well, I think I covered that pretty well. But first of all, Psalm 6 and 618, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. John 9, 31 tells us, if I am not serving God, I'm disobedient to him, and I'm not doing what he wants me to do, he doesn't hear me. So those two scriptures uh, tell the story right there. We can't be playing games with God. Uh, we can't be untruthful. We can't have uh, things in our heart that are not right. We can't have unforgiveness. But we have to have a pure heart, simply receiving and applying what that word says to our lives. And when you and I do that, what happens, we will have that. It's a sure thing. You can take that to the bank. From the time you do that, if you maintain Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36 tells us after we have done what we're to do, it says, don't give up that, but continue in that you might receive that promise. In other words, keep going. And when you do that, it's a sure thing. It has to happen or the Bible's a lie. I mean, I'm just going to say it straight out because God's word is so clear on this thing, but so many people miss it. Whenever it doesn't manifest, it starts the negative talk and negative actions the fear and the worry. Whenever, and, and, and uh, what I always do, whenever, if you have something that happened to you, and after you've applied your faith, you might feel like, saying, oh, God, oh, God, I'm hurt. Why do I need this? Why isn't this going? Why isn't this happening, Lord? Instead of doing that, what we do is, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I praise you. I glorify you. I worship you. And raise your hands and start praising him and thanking him for it. And in that praise is where you have victory, you see. But if you say, oh, God, why didn't you do this? Oh, I feel terrible. Why don't you heal me? Why don't you do this? You lose it, you see. And that's how the devil steals. Remember this with that. What happened to Paul and Silas in jail? They were locked in this terrible prison in jail in the midnight hours. What did they do? Did they cry and say, oh, God, we're here. We're serving you. We're in here at midnight in this, this lousy jail. Why are we here? Why are we here? Oh, Lord, I've been serving you. Is this what I get for serving you? Huh? What did they do? They praised the Lord, didn't they? They worshiped the Lord, and I they sang songs. And what happened? The gates opened, didn't they? So you see our actions and reactions towards our faith and what we do will be either we're going to receive or we're not going to receive, you see. And what are you going to do? How are you going to react now, you see? That's the way we're to react. So if you want to receive it, you're going to do what I just said right there. If you want to let the devil steal from it, you're going to cry and bellyache about it, you say. So we have to man up, or if you're a woman, woman up to what the Word of God says and be defiant against the devil. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence taketh by force. 
hey, we're to take things right now. And I, I've never been in a taking mood any more than I am right now. In this hour, these hours right now, it's just becoming, in my spirit, it's becoming stronger and stronger and stronger, you know? And I know I'm not the only one that's talking like this. I know many others that are serving God are. That's what he's bringing his remnant to. So this is where we're at. This is where we're at, you see. This is where we're at. So in closing, I'll be picking up next week on, on some other areas right here of this thing that I'm going to get into. I know these were kind of areas that some of you might have thought might be boring, but they're not boring. These are, these are areas that if you and I don't have straight, we're going to say, oh, my, my, why am I not receiving? Too many people want life handed to them. You know, today we have a bunch of people that want to get something for nothing. They don't want to work and still get money. We have people that don't want to pay the price but still benefit from it. With God, you don't do that. There's a price to be paid. There's things you do. God doesn't turn his word around to suit you. You bring your life to the place to suit him, you see. We have to line up to what he says. He does not line up to what we say or think. I have to get under what he wants me to do. And I'm giving you some straight shots here, information. And I'll tell you what, you listen to this again and you go on the on-demand section and listen to it. Leave the Holy Spirit minister to you about this. What applies to me in this message? Or what am I going to have to do? What has this applied so far to me? And if you'll do that personally, he'll, he will speak to you and he will show you what to do. And you will receive what God has for you. I'm expecting many people healed through this, this series here. Because when God starts something, he does it. He does it. He has a purpose in this thing. But you have to cooperate with it. Amen. Let's look in prayer. Look the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Father, that what was said was this thing sometimes are hard to hear, and people sometimes say, oh, my, uh, I don't like to hear that. Oh, this is putting something on me. Oh, isn't there an easier way? But, Father, this is what you put in my heart. This is what you showed me. This is what I've seen happen. I've seen it work. I know it's your word. It's truth. Not just because I've seen it, but your word declares it. So I pray that every person tonight is under my speaking, and every person that will hear this part of the, of the, of the uh, series so far will receive from you how does that apply to them, that they can incorporate it in their lives, and this will increase their lives and will help them in every way. And I command Satan right now. I break the powers of Satan in all your lives. Satan, get out of these listeners' lives, out of their minds, out of their being. I charge you now, Satan, by the authority of God. I speak to you under the authority of God, and I drive you out in the name of Jesus Christ, out of their minds. You will not corrupt their minds. You will not cause confusion. You will not cause doubt. You have no place in them. I declare the minds of these listeners to be free and clear and be able to make a decision that you would have them to make, Lord. There be no uh, skittiness about their mind, that they will see it very clear, very clear. They will see you. And just manifest yourself to these people in a special way, Father. And, Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. And you all said amen and amen and amen. Okay, folks, uh, next week will be part two of this uh, series, and I invite you all back, and I invite you to bring others in and bring them in expecting 
on the anointing of this and the word of this because this is God's word. God wants to do mass things. If you're in the time, you and I are living in the time that God wants to do things beyond what any of us has ever experienced before. All he wants is for you and I to cooperate with him and listen to him and obey him and commit to him and thank him and praise him. And if you would do that, he says, I will do for you. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you in James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That's what those two scriptures say. And that's what we have to do. That's how you get close to God. Okay? You resist the devil. He flees from you. You draw near, near to God, committing yourself, and he draws near to you. And you know, as you get closer and closer, he becomes more and more and more real. He does. As you get closer, you can see him better and more. And I'm learning today, after 51 years in the Lord, I'm learning things that I have I've known, but it's becoming more and more. I have more trust, more faith, more understanding, more life. I believe more. My believers believing more, you see. I'm growing in my believing. And he's growing us all in our believing if we allow him to. In our believing and in our receiving and our walking, <laughs> it's happening, folks. Jump in. Jump in the pool. It's ready. It's ready for you. All you have to do is jump in and just watch what God will do for you. I love you all, and we will see you next week. You have a blessed week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>